You are listening to Trophy Horse with your hosts, Tricky Mick, Alex, I Yield to No One, Mark, and Troy. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Trophy Yours. This is episode 284. I'm your newly reinstated host, Tricky Mick. Alongside with me, I yield to no one. We're just letting him think he's reinstated. Also with us, Mr. Ion Vane. He's the Lucia. He is the Mark. I am also Mayo. <laughs> I think you just I think you just stole the intro for somebody else. Also with us, uh, Troy. What's the business? You still haven't told us what is the business. It's just business, man. I'm I'm in business school. It's all about business. Business, business. All right. Uh, you better you guys... get the f- up out his business. <laughs> if you guys paid attention, uh, I ran a, a contest on the Facebook Lives that we Did were have an announcement. That, uh, well, first, th- this isn't the announcement. Alex... Does have his internet back, but unfortunately he has to do some stuff for his new house. So he's unable to attend this week's show, but he promises Ooh. that he will be here next week. Yay! Just got to hold him to but it. The, but the announcement is, we have a new whore, and that is Troy. Yay! It's an honor. It's an honor and a privilege. One of <laughs> us. One of us. Troy, you have become an official whore. Because the fans have demanded it. They like your intelligence. They like the, the way you articulate stuff. And they feel like you're a great addition to the show. So we have brought you aboard. So now we officially have a fifth whore. It's an honor. An honor and a privilege. We, we, we expect <laughs> that trophy count to rise. Yes, you're going to have to start hoarding yourself out for trophies. Yeah, I can't make any guarantees. Speaking of trophies, let's do our updated trophy count. I am level 31, total trophies of 7,659, with a plaque count of 67. Alex is a level 28, total trophies of 5,770, with 81 platinums in 80 games. Yield? Level 23, trophy count of 4,295, and a platinum count of 61. Mark? I am level 26 with a trophy count of 6518 and 27 platinums. Uh, you added one. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. And Troy? I am still sitting at a level 19 with 3,233 trophies with 38 platinums. All right, Mark. What uh, what game did you get your plat in? I got a platinum in I Am Mayo on the PS4. That is game of the year, isn't it? Oh, my God. it the story is very compelling. It's. I thought someone at Naughty Dog wrote the story. That's how great it was. How about those challenge levels, though? <sighs> like, literally, it makes dark, all the Dark Souls and Bloodborne games look like playing Hannah Montana. It's, it's kind of hard to take your eyes off the screen when you see that leopard bikini, isn't it? That game is a relationship ruiner because of that. I know. The goddess got jealous. I, I have no follow-up moves. I'm just like, oh, that, game, that game was painful. It was just painful to play. Like I'm, I reg- like it's my most shamed plat- platinum I have, and that's just. Yeah. I, I I I refuse to play it. Yeah, I don't I don't see myself playing it either. 
The funny thing is, is la- on last week's show, we called out uh, Resident Daryl from Remember the Poot. And um, we I mentioned the fact that you only have to tap 10,000 times officially to get the platinum. That should be the last trophy you get. In the leaderboards, there I noticed that Daryl has uh, tapped over 13,000 times. So we called him out saying that he uh, must have screwed out. And he actually came back and said, no. I tapped 13,000 time, times because I had to be number one on the leaderboards. But that can't be. He's not number one now, right? Well, I guess maybe among his friends. Well, well, he's, yeah, number one amongst his friends because nobody else has tapped more than 10,000. Maybe 10,001, but <laughs> nowhere close to 13,000. Is that really worth bragging about, though? <laughs> like, I don't know. That's like that's probably, what, an extra, he, like, two minutes of tapping to get those extra 3,000. He he legit says it's his game of the year. Now we all know that Daryl is a big troll, but he uh he he says it's his game of the year. So, oh, well, go ahead, leave it that way. You know, I I did think about buying that game. I'm like, wow, it's under a dollar. That might be worth buying. I passed on it, and then I saw you guys playing it and and pimping up your uh, platinum counts, and I'm like, you know what? I'm glad I didn't. His actual post his actual post says, just wanted to throw this out there. I got 13,000 taps on My Name is Mayo for two reasons. One, I had to be top of the leaderboards. And two, I love that game. Poor guy. Hey. Whatever floats his boat or finds his lost remote. You know, with that being said, Yield, you have missed uh, a couple shows. And uh, let's let's get into what we're playing. We'll start with you. Well, let's see here. I've been playing... Uh... Oh god, I've been been playing the Lego movie. Um been playing that mystery game. We're knocking off some stuff for that platinum. Um fired up a, a nifty little PlayStation Plus game called Deadly Tower of Monsters. That game's actually funny. I am I'm actually really enjoying that game. I heard that's a five hour plat too. Is it? Uh, I'm more than five hours into it then, so I'm doing something wrong. But Anyway, I don't speed run through games. Um, oh, gee, what else have I been playing? About to get an earful. You're not being efficient with your trophy time. That's all right. JT, get him. Um, I think that's it. All right, Mark. Um, I finished well because I wasn't like missed a week, so I actually finally finished World of Final Fantasy. Um. The last trophies I need, I need to grind out, so I'm kind of taking a break from that. And I've been playing a game that I'm reviewing that's not on the story yet, so I'm not going to drop the names, but it's it's I'm really enjoying it. A nice narrative kind of point-and-click uh, puzzle-solving adventure game. And I'm playing WWE Supercard on my handheld device because Season 3 just dropped on Wednesday, and it's amazing. All right, and Troy? So this week is kind of busy with school and everything. Uh, a lot of the semesters running down to a close, so uh, there was a lot of a lot of assignments and group projects and stuff to work on this week. Um, but I did manage to play some Final Fantasy on my Vita the other day uh, for a couple hours, and I'm pretty sure my wife and I have been playing some uh, um, versus Doctor Mario on the NES Classic. Now that my uh, second controller came in, so but other than that, and it's been a been a real light week for gaming for me. Yeah, and the only thing I've really been playing all week is uh, Watch Dogs 2. I really like it. Uh, I think it is an improvement over the first one, so that's a plus. 
And I like the first one, so that tells you how much I, I like this one. Uh, and it sucks because the, I'm the only person on the show with a PlayStation VR. And there's two games that came out uh, recently for the VR that I'm is- interested in trying. But I have nobody to get feedback from because I really don't know anybody else that has a VR and owns either one of these games. Um, the the two games that I want to try is... Uh, uh, see, now I forget the name of it. Uh, Robinson the Journey. I want to try that. I that's really good. I want to play that. That looks really good. Yeah, I, I do too. And the other one is... Uh, I'm looking on the store right now. I can't... I, for some reason, I can't remember the name of it. So anecdotally, I've heard about that Robots in the Journey that it's kind of a rough game, like as far as like movement and stuff like that. A lot of people are getting sick. Uh, the the way it handles the movement, uh, you get choices to either like turn in ninety degree increments, which is pretty jarring, or if you do like one to one controls, like that tends to make people get real real queasy. Uh, so that's just anecdotally what I've heard about that game. Otherwise, I mean, it's supposed to be a pretty dope game. Oh, and the other one was Eagle Flight, the Ubisoft game. Oh. Uh, eh. Yeah, I haven't heard much about that one. I saw it on the store, and I was like, no, that's not... I mean, with VR, obviously, it'll probably be really cool, like, flying around like an eagle and stuff like that, but I don't know. I don't know. I, the Robinson in the Journey, I think I, I'm interested in because I, I saw some gameplay from it. Eagle Fight, I, I there's no single player, and it's all multiplayer, so it, it really depends uh, I would think the Eagle Fight would probably make you more nauseous than other games. I mean, and with my VR, the only thing that ever made me uh, semi-nauseous was the Call of Duty uh, VR experience. But that, after about 10 seconds, I was fine. Hmm. Yeah, maybe you've got good legs for it. The, the, the issue, usually with the VR uh, and people getting sick, is when your brain is trying to register the fact that you're actually walking and your body's not actually walking so like right something that's like a first person shooter or something like that where your your brain is supposed to believe that you're actually moving your legs to move and uh, that usually causes you know a a uh, what do you call that a just an incongruence in your brain. Your brain just can't register that. That's why a lot of the most successful games either uh, have you warped to places or uh, the premise is that you're sitting in a mech or in a airplane or something that, that's not you know grounded so your brain can, can kind of disconnect from that expectation that you're actually walking somewhere when you're not. Um, and I think that Robinson the Journey game is one of those where it's like you're you're supposed to be walking around on foot. So a lot of people have had issue with that. But I mean, it, it, it affects so many people differently. So it's, it's really hard to tell whether, you know, any given game will, will affect one person over another. Yeah, the, the one thing that I did notice is that um, in Tomb Raider, uh, the VR experience, it, it starts you off in a, it, where you have to teleport from point to point to point. And then after a certain while, it unlocks free walking mode. I, I, it's not called free walking in the game, but yeah, it's basically it's free walking. In. And there, I, I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. There are four warnings before it's unlocked. It's like, this is known to make people queasy. Are you sure you want to try it? Yes. Are you sure? Because this is, has a potential to really make you nauseous. Yes. Unlock it now. Are you sure? I mean, I was like. They got to cover their bases, like, man. Four, I mean, before that's yeah, I don't know. Little... That's up to them. I mean, it it is what it is. I guess they just want wow. to make sure they're they're covering everything. 
but yeah, that's the thing. I and, I mean, I've only I used VR at uh, PAX South a couple years ago to play Elite Dangerous, which is I mean, you're flying around in a spaceship. I love the shit out of it, but I haven't had any experience playing games where you're you know your mind's supposed to expect that you're walking around and you know dealing with that that dissonance between your brain and your body. All right. Uh, let's get into our news, gentlemen. How about that? Let's do Yay! it. First bit of news until the end of the year is always going to be our the extra life update. Uh, the updated total as of the last uh, as of this recording is eight million three hundred thirty eight thousand five hundred dollars. The next bit of news, which I'm going to uh, I might have to defer to uh, Mr. Troy on this because he's actually the one to put in the agenda. Yeah. The ability to change PSN account names is hinted at in the new PS4 SDK update. Troy, you want to tell us about this? Uh, so, I mean, I don't know how familiar you guys are with the the reason, the official technical reason why we can't change our PSN names. You guys understand the, like the underlying reason behind that? I just thought it was because Shuhei wouldn't let us change them. <laughs> so I, I'm going to assume that, that the other two guys yeah, don't know either. Um, no, no, not really. So yeah, uh, enlighten me. Okay. Specific detail, like I just figured it was a. I just figured it was a Sony thing. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try and explain this. This is actually really cool because I actually uh, wrote a discussion topic on it in one of my classes uh, that was dealing with this subject. So what happened was, you know, when you when you create a database is is basically what the PSN is. So it's a database uh, that where you know all the data goes into it, and they have these tables. And each of these tables is basically like a spreadsheet in Excel. So you have columns, you have rows. Each row is data for a particular person or entry. Um, so what you have is you have all these different tables that create the database. Like PSN's probably got one that shows uh, customer data. Then there's another one that has your payment data. Then there's another one that uh, has all your trophy information. There's another one that has all the games that you own on PSN and, and who knows how many other tables are in this database. So what happened was when they created the PSN all those years ago, um, so in order to link all these tables, you have what's called a primary key, which is a, an identifier that's usually like the first row um, in a lot of databases and and it's it's like a, a unique ID number, you know, your your customer ID number. Something it has to be something that can't be um, two people can't have the same primary key. So when they created the PSN, what they did was they chose the primary key to be your PSN ID because it's set up so that only one person can have this one PSN ID. So I mean, it's it's a valid primary key. But the problem is is that that primary key can't change because that primary key links you to all the other tables in the database. So when you decide you want to change your, your PSN ID, since Sony built their database at, with the primary key being your PSN ID, suddenly if you were to be able to change that, then that unlinks you from all of the other tables in the database. So there's no way to connect them anymore. And that would cause a huge... Yeah, I mean, you can just imagine how many issues that would cause. Um, they so would basically have to rebuild the PSN. Yeah, that, and, and that's what it, it kind of amounts to. I think they found a workaround with this. So what this is is uh, there's a new SDK update, which is basically the the uh, the programming that underlays the whole uh, PlayStation Network um, and the PlayStation 4 specifically. And what it did is for Unreal Engine 4, what they're wanting to do is developers going forward, um, rather than referencing what was originally called um, online ID, they want it to uh, reference a field in the table called account ID. So basically, what they're 
what it seems like they're doing is they're creating this new field um, in in the database where you can have your PSN ID, the name that appears in this field. So they're not changing the primary key, which is whatever your original PSN ID is, uh, but they're creating this new field where that, that can be changed because it's not the primary key. So then what happens is all the games going forward are going to reference this this specific piece of the table so it can run your your new PSN ID, whatever you decide to change it to. Um, you're still going to be linked by your original PSN ID because that's just the way the network was built. But this is going to allow you to have a new field that has a new ID that, that you can change, you know, and, and it won't throw everything off. Uh, the big question about this is, is, is it going to work retroactively for like PlayStation 3 games or Vita games or PSP games because in a lot of those instances uh, there may be instances where those developers aren't even around anymore so there's nobody there to go back and change the code for those games or even games that have been out for a while like a lot of PS3 games like who's going to go back and you know fiddle with the code to make sure that it it, it changes this one table you know so ragdoll kung fu so in, in all practicality what it's probably going to do and and so there's speculation that this this is going to be announced during the uh, playstation experience that we can change our psn ids now um what it's probably going to do is it's going to implement for maybe a lot of uh, ps4 games that are out maybe a few ps3 games but what it's going to do is it's going to enable you to go going forward you will be able to display this new psn id from this account id field um in games going forward so that's the way they're going to work around the whole not being able to change your PSN IDs. That's what's being assumed by this announcement. Nobody really knows, but uh, that's kind of what it seems to point to. Uh, did I explain that well enough? So let, let me just break it down uh, a little bit, maybe more so listeners and myself can understand this a little better. So basically, using you as an example, Troy, your your PSN ID, even though you'll be able to change it to Antisocial Gamer, NM Rain will always be associated with your PSN account. Yes. No matter how many times you change your name. Because that is what is the primary key for uh, your entry in the in the database. The only way, uh, like Yield said, the only way to fix this um, going forward would be to completely just rebuild the PSN from scratch, which is super impractical. Uh, so yeah, so basically right. what it, what that means is from now on, I mean, NM Rain is going to be the account name or the account ID attached to my PSN account as long as I decide to use it. Uh, but what they're doing is creating a new table, a new entry, you know, a couple rows over where you can put in an ID that, that is able to be changed because it doesn't, it's not referenced, like my trophies don't reference that ID, they reference NM Rain. But it, it it's not going to matter to most of us because that's not what's going to surface. Um, I mean, if you look at like, say like Xbox Live, you've more than likely got a number. Like when you create an Xbox Live account, they assign you a number that you don't even know because it doesn't matter. Um, but what that number is, is that's the primary key that links you to every other table in their database. All your achievements, all your purchases, everything, every one of their tables links you by that number. All you get to see is your your gamer tag, and that's basically what this is going to be. But rather than having a unique number as your primary key, it's just going to be the original PSN ID that you set up. Okay, I, makes sense to me. I'm excited. No more yellow swag 420s in freaking Call of Duty. Uh, they'll, they'll still be there. It'll just be a new person with that same ID. 
All right. Let's move on to our next topic. Is you guys enjoying the Batman the Telltale series? I haven't, I haven't played, played it, yet. it yet. Good news is episode four will be released uh, November 22nd, which is the day before you hear this show. So it will be out by the time you're hearing this. The fourth chapter, titled Guardian of Gotham, will be available across all support platforms on that date, including PC, Xbox, 360, PlayStation 4, PS3, and compatible iOS and Android devices. I just point out that I'm really excited that they're actually releasing these episodes in a timely manner, because I was worried after the whole, it took over a year for Game of Thrones to come out, and Tales from Borderland was kind of rough with the release date times, like... They weren't, but they've been very consistent almost every, what, three weeks almost? Almost less than a month between each episode? Uh, it's been about a month, two months, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, I was like, wow, this is the best time they've actually had a decent release schedule for their episodes. Well, speaking of a non decent release schedule, Persona 5 has been delayed yet again until April. Uh, it will be playable at the PSX, and a Japanese voiceover will now be available as a free DLC at launch. But Persona 5 has been delayed until April 4, 2017 in North America and Europe. In a statement, Atlas said, quote, The Japanese release of Persona 5 smashed all our expectations, and as a company, we decided we owed our fans the very best effort to make Persona 5 our golden standard in localization. Practically, this means redoubling our Q&A and localization efforts, even returning to the studio to re- record previously unvoiced lines, end quote. Uh, they also said they do, they do not want to rush the game, and in this case, it meant that we had to move back the release for the last time. Alongside the delay, Atlas announced that the Western release of Persona 5 will have dual audio options, including a Japanese voiceover track will be available, as I said. Uh, in addition, Persona 5 will be playable in English for the first time at the upcoming PlayStation Experience, which which happening on December 3rd and December 4th in Anaheim. I'll be there. At- Atlas also revealed updated art for the Persona 5 Take Your Heart Special Edition, which you can now check out and pre-order. Cool. I mean, it is what it is. Like, I mean, the thing is, is the people who are excited about this game are either A, already own it and are playing it in Japanese because they're just that, you know, diehard fans, um, or they're they're probably going to be okay waiting an extra couple months just knowing that the extra time is going into making it a quality game rather than, you know, because I mean, right now the game is the game, like, there's, there's no changes going on with the game. All it is is localization, you know? So so it's making sure the voice acting is on point, making sure the translations are on point, everything like that. And they're just making it a better game all around. So, I I mean, I, I understand that a lot of people are upset. They, they're wanting to play the game for Valentine's Day. I don't know whether or not their spouses were as excited for them. Um, but regardless, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's just going to make it a better game in the long run. So I don't see why there's uh, there should everyone should want that to be the case. And it's only a couple months. Completely, like, I'm a huge Persona fan, so at first I was kind of upset, but then I realized I'm going to spend a lot of hours playing this game, and, uh, was it Horizon Zero Dawn comes out two weeks later, so I'm just like, okay, I actually, you know, can actually, when this game comes out, when Persona 5 comes out now, I don't have another game to stop playing this to go to, because that's what would have happened. I would have been playing Persona, and it's like, oh, well, Horizon's out, now i got to play that. So I'm actually kind of glad they pushed it back out of quarter. So this one. one actually helps you out personally with your with your internal release schedule. Yeah, because I am all for a Persona game. Like I've been waiting, just like I'm still waiting for Yakuza Zero to come out and be westernized. But 
I was like, yeah, they delayed it. Everyone, all, a lot of my friends love Persona. They're all upset about it. I'm like, guys, we... It's going to be okay. Horizon, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's okay, go catch a movie, have dinner. Like, you know, don't line up at GameStop on Valentine's Day for a game. I uh, I haven't played any of the Persona games yet. They're, they're definitely in my backlog of games that I need to play. Uh, in fact, I've got at least two or three of them on my Vita now, just waiting for them to queue up in my in my JRPG uh, marathon that I've got coming up. But uh, I watched the uh, the anime for Persona 5, and I really enjoyed the art style and, and everything like that. So I'm really looking forward to it, but I guess I'm also at a luxury of having not been playing the other ones, and I've so I've got them in my queue, so I'm, I'm not necessarily in a hurry to play this one either. But, uh, I mean, I think... I think just the fact that it's going to be a better game when it's out than, you know, if they release it on February 14th, I think that's, you know, that's that's fine. It also, I would start with 4, play Persona 4 first. I mean, though, like, the, the other ones are really classics, great, but 4 was just, for, for what it was, I, I enjoyed 4 the most out of them. You don't have to play them in order, I don't think. I never did. Yeah, they're just, yeah, they're, they're kind of not, not really attached to each yeah, other. Yeah, it's anyway, like Final right? Fantasy as a franchise. Like, they're numbered, but there's no order to them. And be careful with the animes, because some of the earlier animes for them are actually tell you the whole entire story from the game. Yeah, this one that I, I watched on Crunchyroll is basically like a prelude to the game. It was pretty dope, though. I really lo- I really dig the uh, the art style and, and everything like that. All right, you guys remember last year, Telltale Games and Marvel announced a partnership for a game that's going to be released in 2017? Well, it seems now the game is going to be based around Guardians of the Galaxy. Spotted by comic book movie... A list of in-development projects released by SAG-AFTRA, the voice actors union that's currently on strike in hopes of a better deal from video game companies, outs Guardians of the Galaxy, the video game, a.k.a. Blue Harvest. In the secondary project, O'Farrell Enterprises also lists all... List, excuse me. The signatory for that project, O'Farrell Enterprises, is also listed alongside Telltale's Walking Dead Season 3, leading to the assumption that this is the unannounced Telltale production. Incidentally, the title Blue Harvest was also a moniker used to keep the production of Star Wars Return of the Jedi a secret, which is a fairly which is a fairly Guardians E joke in itself. Back when the co- uh, collaboration was announced, many people were hoping for a Moon Knight series, but between the film and a boisterous action comedy sensibility not a million miles from the excellent tales of the Borderlands, Guardians seems like a pretty good fit. Is anybody uh, disappointed? Because a lot of people thought that this was going to be a X-Men game, not a Guardians of the Galaxy game. I'm disappointed for other reasons. Um, the main thing that made Guardians great was the soundtrack. I'm scared they're going to mess up the soundtrack for the game, and it's going to ruin it. All I want is more Telltale games like uh, Tales from Borderlands. Well, they're saying that that's what this article from IGN is saying is that because Guardians of the Galaxy can have the same comedy as Tales of the Borderlands, it seems like a good fit. Sure. Whatever. Everything's a good fit for Telltale at this point. I, I don't know because, I mean, are you going to get the voice actors? That's I what this is it. about. Yeah, yeah, it won't be the actual actors from the, the movie, I guarantee it. Telltale doesn't have that kind of budget to pay them. Well, not only that, but I mean, who's to say that they would actually be good at it? You can't spend you can't spend that kind of money on Vin Diesel just to go. I am Groot. Well, I'm sure they could get um, Troy Baker to do everything. Damn, no, <laughs> damn it! I just I had the joke in my head and I just lost it. Oh, damn it! Nola North. No. Oh, I was gonna say. Well, you could probably get Batista pretty cheap. Ooh, 
now. Shots Ooh. fired. He makes money now. He's doing James Bond. Come on now. Come on now. Yeah. Don't be mean. Why you gotta be like that? He was actually pretty good in. In uh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, exactly. I'm drawing a, in, uh, I'm drawing uh, a blank of what mo- that Bond uh, movie he was in, uh, but he was actually good in that movie. And he was in a bot movie. Bond movie. Bond. James Bond. James oh. Bond. Let, let me look up uh, Dave Batista's IMDb. Hold on. Uh, IMDb for Mr. Batista. Uh, he's in pre-production with Avenger, Avengers in Infinity War. Uh, Blade Runner 2049. He's filming that now. Guardians of Galaxy 2. Final Score. Bushwick. Warriors Gate. The Hashtag Show. Kickboxer Vengeance. Marauders, The Boss, Heist. He was a voice in WWE 2K16, Spectre, and the rest of it is wrestling. A, a lot of that stuff. Wrestling. Some of the stuff sounds like, you know, okay, those are going to theaters. Then there's a few Netflix and DVD exclusives in there. A lot of those. Kickboxer, <laughs> Marauder. I was like, all right, yeah, there's some, uh, there goes that whole directed DVD. He's actually older than I thought he was. He's like 48. He was born in 1969. Yeah, boy. Holy shit. I thought he was like mid-30s. Okay. Cool. That's enough about Batista on this show. All right, does anybody have a Sophie's Trophy this week? I do. Mark does. Boom, boom, me, me. You you have to say your name. Yeah. I think people know who you are by this point. I'm going to repetition until everyone's like, Mark. Mark. And you know. call me by four our, different our names. Our voices are relatively similar. Yeah. They could you, easily get us yeah. mixed up. And, and you also call me by like four different names constantly, so they don't know who's talking right now. Could be Ion Vane. Well, I do that because of the running joke that over the over your first five shows, we called you Mark, we called Iron Vane, we called you Lucia. Don't say we. You did. We called you dumbass. We called you no, dipshit. you did. There's no we. Yield has shown me nothing but respect since I've shown up. That's right. But I do have a Sophie's Trophy. Alright, this goes to a game that came out a few weeks ago called World of Final Fantasy. As you know, people are saying it's kind of like Pokemon, so obviously there's going to be a trophy for capturing or seeing all the mirages, which are basically the creatures you collect. What they don't know, there is a trophy called uh, Mirage Master, which is record every last mirage in the Mirage Manual, which is kind of for all types of purposes, the Pokédex. Um, <laughs> similarities yeah. are insane. Oh, definitely. The thing is, what people don't know is, to record them, you don't actually need to capture them. You just need to see them. So the fa- so I'm about to get that trophy finally, because in order to do it, there's various uh, hidden monsters. There's a hidden section in every dungeon that you have to use. Like A specific monster has an ability that can like break a wall down or melt ice to get through the pass. But the quickest way to get... A majority of them is to go into Coliseum mode, because in Coliseum mode, it's just like the Coliseum from uh, like Kingdom Hearts. So if you clear all of Coliseum mode, you have about 90% of the Mirages recorded already. So it's Ooh. quick. You don't have to worry about exploring every dungeon and this and that. You can just go into Coliseum mode and just play and record almost all of them. So it makes it really easy, but that's for the Master. But by doing that, you're going to get... Mirage Collector, which is record a large number, which is like 50. And then you get another one for Enthusiast, which is a huge number. And then Mirage Scholar, which is an inconceivable number of Mirages recorded. But by going with the Coliseum, you can at least get those three trophies and then work on Mirage Master. But naturally progressing in the game, you're going to get that anyways. This is a quick way if you're grinding and 
you don't really care, you have your best team and you don't feel like capturing anymore and you have the ability that you can set on your character so you don't get random battles because they're random just like kind of like Pokemon obviously and other Final Fantasy games so it's like you don't have to worry about random encounters you could just go to Coliseum and just clear everything out because it's kind of an ass ache to grind out and find all those mirages. So to get those hidden mirages in the uh, in the dungeons, can you fast travel to the dungeons? Oh, you know, that's the thing. Every dungeon has a fast travel at the entrance and at the end of it, and sometimes in the middle. And every time you leave a dungeon, you end up at like your village, town area. So you just go through a gate and you pick what dungeon, which where you want to teleport to right off the fast travel location yeah it makes it so much easier is there there a guide on where all the hidden locations are at or is it pretty Uh, obvious it's pretty obvious you can tell because the mini map shows it and then also every on the main map when you're about to fast travel if you select each dungeon every dungeon says all the mirages that are there so if there's a black square that's one you haven't seen cool so it's like it, the, the game, little subtle things if you like that in Coliseum mode. It's very easy to get those four trophies and get the Mirage Master, which is a gold trophy. But it's a gold on the way to a platinum. Yes, it is. Bling bling. Indeed, and that is my Sophie trophy. Actually, I think that's the first Sophie's trophy I've contributed. Actually, honestly, no, I think you actually done a couple others. Uh, for everybody that knows uh, what Sophie's trophy is about, we launched this uh, a, a little while ago based on a reader email from Sid. Uh, who shared with us uh, the tragic loss of his stepdaughter, Sophie, and Sophie's mother, Mandy, also suffered the loss. Uh, they were recently interviewed by The Sun, uh, which is a UK-based, uh, I don't know if it's a newspaper or a website. I'm not exactly sure of that. Um, but their article is pinned to the top of the Trophy Horse Facebook group. If you go, please read uh, all the information on that article. I don't know all the details about what is going on, but I know that according to the article, the Public Health England and the NHS England launched the Stay Well This Winter campaign, which is the biggest ever flu vaccination in England uh, for children as young as two years old. Uh, Please, if you live in the UK or you live in the United States, please look into the vaccinations for your kids. Get them checked out. See what you could do. Because according to this article, if Sophie possibly could have gotten... Uh, a flu vaccination, it possibly could have saved her life. Uh, and sadly, it wasn't offered uh, for Sophie at that time. So please, if you know, if you get the chance, please look at that article, read that article. And if you live in the UK or you live in the United States, look into the vaccinations for your children. See what's available. And if it's not available, please go and find out how to get that vaccination for your child. All right, let's move on to our topic of the week. Now, we do have a topic that we've been uh, prolonging. And what topic would that be? It It's already been I guess brought it's up by this point. Yeah, but I mean, it, it I mean, it, it behooves us to wait till Alex is here. We can get all of the, the details on it. I mean, what it is, it's it's the one about the uh, review copies and Bethesda. So no review for you next. So we'll be we'll be discussing that when Alex is back next week. Um, In which case, by then, Bethesda has changed their mind. Probably. <laughs> Wouldn't that be some shit? <laughs> Watch like the day before we record. Uh, we're retracting this. We can say the pressure put on by Trophy Horse made Bethesda change their mind. Yeah, unfortunately, we haven't talked about to put any pressure on yet. They don't know that. It's behind the scenes. Because that's how we work. Behind the scenes. In the shadows. Well, behind Smoke the scenes and, and in the shadows, Ubisoft has made a decision 
that it will reportedly be incorporating less narrative in its upcoming games. In an interview with Lamond, uh, Ubisoft's chief director officer, Serge Haskowit, said that each Ubisoft game should be a, quote, anecdotic factory, end quote. While games still will still have story, the more freedom the player has in series like Watch Dogs and Far Cry, the more unexpected things can happen. He wants more players to express themselves and then share less of these and then share these unexpected moments with their friends. Okay, there's, the first there's game a to fully right embrace the first game to fully embrace this change in direction will be the next Assassin's Creed. Quote for the next Assassin's Creed, the designers have created a system in which. What I do not only has meaning just now, but also long term. My actions will change the world. Now that is the article. Okay, I, it is. I, I wanted to have a discussion about this because I know, as a group, that we do like story in our games. Yes, I like a little bit of story on the side. Yeah. See, uh, Troy, I, I know you're new to the show. How do you feel about story in games? Outside of this topic right now, just in general, how do you like story uh, story in your games? No, I'd love it, man. That's like probably 90% of the reason why I play games. I'm not big on multiplayer in most games, so I typically only play most games for the story or the experience. That's the thing, though, too. Um, I don't know if you want me to go ahead and go on my opinion on this well, article. I, 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 well, uh, I, I wanted to get that opinion separate from this article. Okay. Yeah, I, no, I, I mean, I love story. I love a game, game with a good story, a good narrative. You know, it's good for me. All right, well, with that being said, now that because now we got the backstory of your history with story and games, uh, let's start with you. How do you feel about Ubisoft moving away from less story in, uh, or story in their games and want to be more unpredicted? So the the first thing I thought of when uh, hearing about this article, hearing you read this article, was um, Metal Gear Solid Five. So basically, that, that was like, my first Metal too. Gear Solid. Yeah, see, because like I mean, a game like that, or I mean, even um, Far Cry Three was real similar. A game where you've got a lot of freedom to go about doing things your in your own way. Um, you basically create stories on your own, you know, just by your actions. Um, uh, another game, uh, GTA, is really good at this. It's like, you know, when you can approach. Uh, even a given mission, even if it's a story mission in your own, you know, open way that opens you up to having stories to tell. And that's basically what he's saying. I don't know that they're, I mean, obviously they're not talking about completely eliminating story, but, you know, maybe not having it being as, as heavily scripted or, or narrowly focused. So, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I don't necessarily see this as a bad thing. I don't know whether, I mean, but Ubisoft has kind of a reputation of, finding something they like and just like grinding it into the ground. Uh, you do it with the, uh, the towers, you know, like to unlock the map, which is basically what the climbing a tower in, in Assassin's Creed and climbing towers in Far Cry, and climbing towers in the crew. I mean, like they basically find something they like and then they beat it into the ground. until so people just get completely sick of it. So, you know, I could see this being a problem just in that fact. I think maybe they should just leave it up to each individual development team on each individual project to decide whether or not they they actually want to, like, use this design philosophy and not maybe not necessarily make it a mandate across all Ubisoft games going forward. But, yeah, other than that, like, I mean, it's fine. I, I mean, Metal Gear Solid Five was one of my favorite games of all time, and and it's true that most of the the best parts of that game was just you know experiencing it the way you want to experience it and creating your own stories. All right, Mark, you want to chime in here? Um, I'm 
I like a lot of Ubisoft games. Big fan of the Assassin's Creed franchise. Honestly, this is kind of a joke, but then there's like that almost realistic it could be the reason why. It's like they just ran out of freaking ideas and they just don't know how to write a heavily scripted game anymore. So there you like, go! Bravo! Well said. Like, oh, like how can we word this? How can we PR spin this to make it seem like we're trying something new and innovative? It's like, what do we got for a new Assassin's Creed? We don't know. The film's coming out. Let's just HD remake like Brotherhood in the Snap for the next gen and take a year off and come up with ideas. It's like, okay, it's been a year. Any ideas? No. No ideas yet. Okay, what we're going to do is we're going to say we're going to dip. We're going to just ditch being heavily scripted. We're going to make things unpredictable. Now the people will try and assassinate you. And it's like, yeah, they could throw rocks at you. It's like, I like that. And like, what's your name, Carl? You get a promotion. That's why I feel like they're boardroom. That's how it went. Because <laughs> let's face it, the Assassin's Creed beat into a dead horse. They were running out of ideas. They changed everything around after Desmond. They made it so now you're an unnamed protagonist when you're outside of the Animus. Like, they're slowly just like, what else can we do? They're like, I don't know, how do the, all these other people make so many franchise games? Like, I don't know, they have writers who know how to write things. So I think it's just a, I think it's just a PR move because they're running out of ideas for games. I, I can't disagree with that. Yield, it seems like you tend to agree with Mark on this. I, I do. I'm not, I'm not uh, saying that, that going away from heavily scripted games is a bad thing because um, there have been games that we've played that is light on script, but the game is still fun to play and, and it sells well. But I mean, like I am Mayo. But <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, that's a perfect example. <laughs> and, Sorry, and, we, and we've come and meeting. we've come full circle. Good night, folks. Um, but I, I'm, I'm more of I, I want, I want script in my game. Even in the vastly open world games, you can still have, you can still have heavily scripted games in that because you've got all your interactions. If you take away all those interactions, then what is there? You know, I, I, I understand. I'm showing my age with gaming and the whole idea of, of when they mentioned in the article about, you know, well, we, we want these cool cool unscripted things to happen and you can share them with your friends. I'm sorry, I don't twitch. I don't record my stuff and post it on the interwebs. When you immediately focus on that, I'm like, okay, I have no interest in your game. I, 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 don't, I don't care what it is. I See, I think by taking the story out of the game, you're, you're limiting the ability for people to talk about your game. Because if you take the story out of a game, then what is there? You know, well, I I can go. Hey, you! I just did a. Okay, okay, Eagle Fight. Uh, I haven't played Eagle Fight, so I'm gonna make an assumption about this. But if I go, hey, you! I was playing Eagle Fight last night, and I did a barrel roll through a tree to get the ring, and I at the same time I got attacked. Yeah, that's cool, and that's one thing. But two years from now. You're not going to remember me telling you that story. Where if I told you there was a story in the game, like Metal Gear Solid... Let, let's just use Metal Gear Solid 4, and I'm going to do a big spoiler here. Everybody remembers about Big Boss coming out at the end. They don't remember how they won their boss fight. And that's my point. You need story to make your game memorable. And by taking story out of your game, you're taking away the opportunity for your game to be to be memorable. 
Yeah, I, I'm not interpreting this well, it's same not way like as you they guys. said that they're taking the story out. They're, I feel like they're kind of yeah. like, they're basically going to be a watered-down Bioware who have been doing it for years. Jade Empire, Natural Republic, this and that, like the whole, or like Fables, the morality choice. I think that's what they're trying to say without saying, hey, we're going to rip off Bioware into a morality system. Where, or like, we're going to take the morality system that Bioware did, we're going to take the episodic choices and how they carried over from like Telltale, we're going to combine them together, and that's how we're going to structure our games now. Uh, see, I don't even see that. I honestly, like, the way I see this, the way it's been presented, and I mean, we won't know until there's solid evidence to show it, but I interpret it like a Metal Gear Solid Five, or uh, a great example is GTA 4. When GTA 4 first came out on PS3, uh, my, my brother-in-law and I were sitting in Applebee's, and we're talking about a particular mission. We had to kill some dude. Uh, I think it was the guy who comes in on an airplane and you're supposed to kill him for his like nephew or some shit. But like we're sitting there having this conversation like, oh, how did you do that? Like, because I mean, in those games and even Metal Gear Solid 5 is a great example. You're given a an ultimate objective. You you have to shoot down this helicopter. You have to kill this dude. How you do it, that's up to you. And that's where the story comes in. It's like everybody has their own story of how they did that i mean i remember when metal gear solid 5 first came out and people are talking about oh yeah so i was supposed to kill this guy who was uh, first i was supposed to follow this other dude to find the guy that i actually needed to kill and then once i found him i needed to kill him before he got on the helicopter and flew off the off the map but i wasn't able to get that so i was you know it came through my headset that the helicopter was leaving the area so i jumped in a jeep and i took off and i jumped out of the jeep and launched a rocket and shot the helicopter around just before it le- it left the zone i know exactly and, mission like, you're stories about. like that yeah, but but that's the thing is these are stories that came out of that, and those are like super interesting. It, it's always interesting to hear how somebody approached a specific mission that you know, like when I said, oh, you have to go shoot that helicopter down, you know exactly what mission I'm talking about. But when I tell you how I did it, I guarantee you it's completely different than the way you did it, and I can put it in a crazy entertaining way that makes it like we're both completely engaged. Um, GTA is the same way. It's like any particular mission, there's so many different ways you can go about it. And I think that is what they're talking about here. They're wanting to make it so that, you know, it's not scripted. It's not like, oh, you we're going to set you up where you're just outside the door and you have to stab this guy or whatever. These are the only weapons at your disposal. They're wanting to open things up and make it so that you can, you can approach it stealthily. You can go in all guns blazing. You can freaking drop a bomb on the place. Who knows, you know, but that's, that's the thing. They want to open it up to create the ability for people to have these stories about the game and still have a narrative. I mean, Metal Gear Solid five has a narrative. It's an incomplete narrative, but it's a narrative. Uh, the GTA games absolutely have narrative, but yet they've opened up the ability for you to do what you feel like doing or kind of go with the flow. And I think that's what they're going with this. I, I, I agree with you on that, but you're, you're using two games that are heavily story-based, and you're looking at it from the perspective of you're looking at how you accomplished the mission, where I'm coming yeah. at it. And that's how, I, that's, that's how I interpret the way this article is written or the way this interview went down. And the way I'm interpreting is, it is the fact that they decided to get to get rid of the reason why you have to kill that guy in the helicopter. And that's that's my issue with this. The, I, I, I fully understand the way you're coming from it. And what you're saying makes total sense, and I, there's, I can't dispute your logic. But where I'm, where I'm reading this and my interpretation is you're talking about the way you took down the guy in the helicopter. I'm looking at this as they're taking away the reason why we have to take down the guy in the helicopter. I don't want to go take down a nameless NPC... For whatever reason I could imagine, I want to know why I'm taking down that no, NPC. they're just saying the heavy, like, story... Like, it's not going to be story-driven, like, The Order or 
you know, the last of it. It's not going to be so storage. Yeah, it's not heavily you're, scripted. You're, it's not, we're not going to set you up with this specific scenario and you have to do things this way. I mean, the line here from, from the article says, while the games will still have a story, the more freedom the player has in series like Watch Dogs and Far Cry, the more unexpected things can happen. So, I mean, I mean, the way I interpret that statement alone is basically the way I just interpreted GTA and, and Metal Gear Solid more than like, here's... Here's a city, go out and cause havoc, you know, like there's still a, a story that's based around that. I mean, they're still going to give you objectives that you have to, you know, accomplish. It's just how you accomplish those is going to be way more open-ended. Less like linear. they're not going to say, look, this yeah, is, there's no, it's yeah, open like this is what you need to do now. This is where you're at. This is the tools at your disposal. It's more like, here, go do this thing because, you know, you can create, you can decide how to do it. That's the way I interpret it. I mean, and like I said, we don't know specifically what it's going to be until it actually starts happening. But just based off the statements in the article, that's the way I kind of see it leaning. And then once again, this article was also translated from French. So who knows what the damn literal translation is? All right. I, I mean, uh, we're I, like you said, we're not really going to see until it actually happens. So right now, it's, it's yeah, all speculation I, right now. But yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, if it goes the way that that. I interpret it, then that seems cool. Uh, I think they they do run the risk of like just like creating this this thing that they just beat to death. It's like, yeah, I mean, everybody enjoys a Metal Gear Solid Five and a GTA every now and then, but then also sometimes people like a heavily scripted thing, like a Metal Gear Solid Four, where it's like we literally set you up in this scenario, you're in this room, and you got to do this thing. You know, like those are fine too. I think it should be up to the individual team working on the game to decide how they want the game. I don't think Ubisoft should be able to dictate to them, well, all our games need to be open world and open-ended and blah, blah, blah. Like, it, it's just, I don't know. It, it, they've done it in the past, and I think it's been to their detriment. Like, with the, the climbing towers to unlock the map. I mean, that's such a huge trope, but Ubisoft made it ubiquitous to the point that you literally have to drive up to a damn tower in the crew to unlock the map. You know, they basically did the exact same thing that they've done in Far Cry and Assassin's Creed, but with cars. Like, it's it's crazy. Like, that's the way Ubisoft works, but they, they really shouldn't. But yeah, if it if it ends up like you're saying, where there's like, like Minecraft, basically, it's like, here, go out and do whatever the hell you want, because whatever, it's a sandbox. Like, that that would suck. be pretty tough. That would, that would ruin all their yeah. franchises, except for Far Cry. I've never played Far Cry, so. All right. Far Cry is good. All right. We don't have any listener emails or voicemails, so, Troy, you have failed this week. What the hell? You have failed in your call to arms. Come on, guys. Send in them emails, man. I like having emails to talk about. Tweets on emails. But we do have some housekeeping. Housekeeping. ProofGamer.com is looking for some writers, podcasters, video editors, news reports, and generalized help with the site. If you're interested in applying, go to ProofGamer.com, click on the Help Want tab, and fill out the application, and I will get back to you as soon as possible. While you're there, be sure to check out all of our articles and all of our videos. Speaking of our videos, you can be found on YouTube by doing a search for Official Proving Gamer. If you want to get a hold of us, there are several ways to get a hold of us. The first one is our Twitter you can contact the site at Proving Gamer. You can contact the show at Trophy Yours. You can contact me at Tricky Mac. You can contact Yield at I Yield to No One. Contact Alex now that Extra Life has reached its goal at Saundersaurus Rex. Contact Mark at the underscore Ion Vein. And you can contact Troy at Antisocial Gamer. No I in Anti. Yeah. We, we haven't done this in a while, and... Uh, I was kind of waiting for Alex to come back, but that's been delayed several times. Uh, let's do our uh, 
you know, or every so often uh, uh, letting everybody know what our PSN IDs is. Uh, mine is Tricky Mick. That's T R I C K Y M I C. Mark? Mine is Ion Vane. Just like the Twitter, it's I O N V E I N. Yield? I yield to no one. I Y I E L D, the number two. N O, the number one. And Troy? I am NM Rain, N M R E I G N, like the rain. Until and they can change their PSN profiles. Until they can change the PSN. Which might be uh, two weeks away, three weeks away. Yeah. Uh, and Alex is Ray's Havoc. That's R A I S E H A V O K. Boom, you are spelling bee champion. Woo! Am I it right? Yeah. Boom. I, in my mind, I'm going, am I doing it right? Yeah. Can you use it in a sentence, please? Uh, when Al- when Alice <laughs> comes back to Trophy Horse, he's going to raise havoc. Boom. Definition, please. Country of origin. <laughs> USA. You could also send a- give us a phone call. Uh, who's the victim this week? Troy, what's the phone number? Ah, see, I saw this coming. Ha ah, ha. I've... I have changed the show notes. The number is in the show notes. The number is 330-PROVEN-9. 330-776-8669. He deleted it before I could get to the last two numbers. I was going to say I, I was gonna say something, but I'm like, oh, he finally put it in the show notes. Yeah, I, I put it in there because I foresaw this issue coming up. Yeah, 330-776-8639. 8369-8369. Uh, don't call eight six. It says eight six three. I don't know who put it there, but if you call eight six three nine, you can be like guild calling the sex outline, and they will call you back. Ah, we'll see. I just copied and pasted it from the Googles, so the Googles lied to me. Um, yeah, but also emails great. Like everybody around the world can send emails, and it's cheap and free, uh, and we can also read them, which is pretty dope. But yeah, if you want to call, call. And the email is trophyyours at ProvenGamer.com. Also, you can uh, leave a voicemail with the SpeakPipe app, which is on the right side of Proven Gamer or on the Facebook, uh, Proven Gamer Facebook group. Or excuse me, Facebook page, not a group. <clears throat> if you listen to this podcast, we greatly appreciate it. But we go sure to listen to our other podcast, PG Spoilers, which I promise you there is a show coming. No, there isn't. You keep telling us that. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working to get the show back on track. The spoiler I, is I, there is no show. Uh, I promise you there is a show coming. I'm just trying to work on it. Right now, I'm trying to organize a Rise of the Tomb Raider one. You know, since you don't give me my wrestling podcast, you should just let me have PG spoilers as the host, and that'll be my show. I, I tried to give games. you spoilers. I tried to give you spoilers, and you didn't want to do it, so I gave it I to was, Frosty, I was who's still also salty. snacking. I was still salty because of the whole wrestling situation, okay? I'm still well, salty you know, about it, but I'm over it. You, well, you will get over it. Uh, speaking of wrestling podcasts, you can go listen to The Smart Marks. You know, you know, you, you know what I'm gonna go here shortly. I'm gonna go in about an hour, and I'm gonna go watch it. Well, I just started. Yeah, I know. Well, the, well, the pre-show started, but I'm gonna be there for the show. Wrestling, not the smart. Marks. Yes, we are recording early because Yield wants to go watch Survivor Series. Yes, I don't know why you want to watch Brock Lesnar beat up Goldberg. I know. Well, well, you know what though? You know what? Though? I got to thinking about this though. Although Goldberg won't win, I wonder if they'll end it in like some kind of like a double DQ or interference. Bray Wyatt, saying as he flat out did an interview two weeks ago, said the feud between him and 
uh, Brock Lesnar's not over yet. So, so I, I, I would be happy with that because I'd really hate to see them bring Goldberg back just to job the Lesnar because if that's the case, you're still building Lesnar, who's a part-time wrestler, to be this unstoppable force, and there's nobody in the company that's believably can think, stop him. Think long-term. Who, whoever does beat Brock Lesnar is going to be, you know, not a part-timer. Plus, Goldberg's getting a payday and a half. So but but then, but then that's the person they should have beat Taker at Mania, not Lesnar. Whoever beats Lesnar next at a big four, like Royal Rumble or... Mania is a made man in the company. It'll probably be Shinsuke Nakamura. Maybe they'll bring Samoa Joe up to do it. Ah, uh, I like Not Joe. I like Joe, but I don't know. You know, you know who I'd like to see, honestly, and I know we're getting derailed here. I'd like to see Roderick Strong, Undertaker versus Finn, Finn Balor. Why versus but, the Demon but, be- but because why? Because Taker Taker c- can't do a match. Well, Taker's back. Yeah, I know, full but full-time? No, no. He's back full-time now. Yep. He's he announced right. on SmackDown 900 that he's back digging holes and taking souls. That's why Survivor Series next year is in Texas, because that's going to be his final pay-per-view appearance of next year. Oh, so he's going to give it all for one more year? Yep. One, one more year. He said. Year. He said... He said WrestleMania will no longer define who he is. So we're probably going to get the Phenomenal One versus the Phenom for the title at Royal Rumble Mania. All right, back to the show. Go listen. Our other podcast is Remember the Loop. And according to the agenda, the good, the bad, and the mumble mumble. What? 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 what yeah. What? The good, the bad, and the mumble. Is that some inside joke it's- I'm missing? Well, the inside the inside joke. The, uh, first, David shows the good, the bad, and the microtransactions. But the inside joke is uh, there was a show that I wasn't on that you guys forgot to give their show a shout out, and Troy put it in the show notes for the next week and couldn't remember what the last word was. So every week there's been a different word for microtransactions. This week it was mumble mumble. No, I I knew it was microtransactions. I just know that people kind of joke around about how the the last part of that podcast name is not great. It's, so it's not good. I've been I like changing it up it. every week in the show notes. Oh my god! I'm impartial because I I don't want to be a negative person, but <laughs> you don't want to be. You want? I I honestly don't care either way. But it's fun to change up the last. I, I do like. Uh, I, I I know you guys uh, are a- not as active in the Trophy Wars group as as others are. But Jared, who has been making the memes, um, he made um, a meme of Nate instead of the hateful eight. It was the hateful Nate. <laughs> oh, Bravo. that's going to be my fan around all social media now. Bravo. That, <laughs> well, that's right. He he also made one of me. I, um. He made me and Nate, and it was the um, the Trump Pence picture, but he had our pictures up there. Oh, yeah. oh I figured he was oh, going something along the words of Jake and the Fat Man, but it was going to be Nate and oh, <laughs> oh really? <laughs> really? <laughs> That's the road we're going down here. Wow, here you we opened, go. There's no no the subtlety door. either. <laughs> Did anybody not see that door open? I had to go through it. No. I didn't, but... You can go listen to all the podcasts on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and all the various podcast applications on your smart devices, and tune in.
If you want to get a hold of, uh, excuse me, if you want to get involved in the PlayStation 4 communities, there is one for Proven Gamer called Proven Gamer. There is one for the Trophy Horse. Uh, it's called T Dub's Brothel. Uh, we're going to be setting up some gamer nights in there. So if you're interested in gamer nights, please go check out the community and get involved. It's the easiest way to join. Uh, because actually when the time comes, it will automatically stick you in the party and launch the game, uh, with us. So you can get involved in that way and you can get involved in Guild's uh, PlayStation 4 community, which is the platinum guild. Uh, that is going to bring us to the end of our housekeeping, but we do have some sponsors. Our first sponsor is GoFundMe. Yield. Go to GoFundMe.com backslash Proven Gamer. We've got some trophy-themed donations where we are trying to raise some money to bring you uh, a better podcast by uh, you guys donating. We getting some better some monies. We get better podcasting equipment. And so, Yeah. Donate enough money. You donate enough that. money, you can get tricky to do- to platinum something other than Hannah Montana, and I am Mayo. I am Ketchup. I, I am working on Watch Dogs 2 right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, Troy, tell us about Extra Life. Extra Life. It's a great charity benefiting the Children's Miracle Network. Uh, it's basically a 24-hour video game marathon, but I guess you can do it anytime, anywhere. Uh doesn't even have to be a marathon, man. It's just raising money for sick kids. It's a really good cause. I actually got my fresh uh, Extra Life tattoo. You can see that in the uh, Trophy Whores Facebook group. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's a great cause. Uh, you go to extra-life.org. Uh, you can sign up there. You can sign up for a team. Proven Gamer has a team. You can join the team. Uh, raise money for sick kids. It's uh, so still you can join now or anytime uh still taking donations for 2016 until the end of the year uh we reported on the numbers earlier but that number can always get bigger it's for a great cause uh and of course then it all starts over again in 2017 to raise money for sick kids bigger and better every year mark who are we sponsored by amazon come on dude what (laughs) what what that's his that's his west coast flavor Did I not say the name? Did I enunciate it wrong? Was I supposed to be like, Amazon? Well, I'm not going to do that, so... Well, you just did. Yes, we are sponsored by Amazon. If you could, would each and every time you do your shopping on Amazon, stop by Proven Gamer <laughs> first, click on any Amazon link, and continue with your normal shopping. Jared! It does help out the site tremendously. It doesn't cost you anything extra. With that being said, I'm going to yell at Jared one more time. Jared, how the hell did you screw us like that? All right. Let's go. Well, are, are are they allowed to do that in prison? Whoa, Ron Jared, that got dark real quick. He he went to the subway guy. Ah, uh, yield your shout outs. Ah, I will give a shout out to the listeners. Always, thank you for listening and spreading everything. That is the Hardum. Ah, uh, shout out to Sid. Thank you for the extra life donation. A shout out to the cast, the guys, uh, Lucia, Troy, Tricky, Alex. Can't wait to have you back. Um, we miss you, brother. Oh, and that'll do me this week. I was totally unprepared. I, I came fresh from work, straight to podcasting. Dedication, baby. Now it's time for go wrestling. Come on, finish this up. Chop, chop. I gotta leave in Troy, 15 your minutes. Shout outs. <laughs> I'd like to give a shout out to all of my fellow cast members Tricky, Yield, Mark, 
Alex, I miss you, buddy. Need you back here. Shout out to my wife sitting downstairs, probably playing Dr. Mario on the NES Classic right now. Shout out to all the listeners. Shout out to everybody giving us feedback in the Trophy Horse group. And also, shout out to anybody who is contemplating sending an email for next week's show because we need an email for next week's show. Let's make it happen, people. Um, I think that's it. Uh, Mark, your shout outs. Uh, I got the usual. Shout out to all of us here that are on the show right now. Tricky. Yield and Troy, especially Troy. Congratulations on being a new member. Uh, shout out to Anything? Alex having internet finally. Hopefully he can be on a show because I can't remember the last time he's been on the show. It'd be Neither nice did to the have fans. House. Be nice to. I forgot what he sounds I know, right? like. I'm like ah. And a shout out to his Twitter account because I followed him and it was glorious. Um, and that's really it. The listeners, like I mean, Troy, really got it covered. I'd be like, I'd like to have an email. Maybe a voicemail, maybe something to you know read out loud, so we can kind of stop skipping over that section saying no one says anything. Um, that's really it because it's wrestling. Got to watch wrestling, so yeah. I want to give a shout out to the listeners. Uh, give a shout out to Troy for officially joining the show. Shout out to Alex for finally getting his internet back. Shout out to Mark and Yield for actually showing up this week. Uh, give a twerp you to Jared who screwed up. Uh, when he went and got his Black Friday deal to buy a 4K TV and a PS4 Pro and forgot to go through the website. Um, yeah, but th- like I said, shout out to the listeners. Uh, without you guys, the show would not exist. So we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. And we look. I look forward to next week when we will be a full crew again. So until next week, happy trophy hunting. Peace out! You know, me and Neil had a show together by ourselves when we were there, so I understand that that means that we actually The theme song is Venus by the band Even off their album Zenith. Permission granted by the band and 12 Stone Records. You can find them on Facebook by going to www.facebook.com slash Even Philippines. <laughs> <laughs>